0: Welcome to the Discount Comedy Checkout Improv Show, where all the content is made up on the spot by our talented performers. Each show carries a warning for adult material, and if you are easily offended, tune out now. You have been warned. welcome to the show i'm eddie french and with me in this episode are our three performers i'm going to bring them out right now chris lum how are you doing hello I'm, I'm all right how are you oh i'm good thank you very much it's nice to be asked have you been doing anything in the least bit exciting of late my friend
1: um not really just online stuff that's where all the bread and butter is now in it and not even that or like like banking and scams just, yeah i've been i've been um <laughs> Do you know them people who ring you up and they go, "Can I have your credit card details and all that business?" That's, oh yeah, that's yeah. me now. Oh, yeah, I'm a hacker. Strange, yeah.
0: I'm a hacker. <laughs> um, that's, wasn't that um a Thin Lizzy song? I'm a hacker.
1: I don't. I'm a roller too. I don't listen to that's music. That's good.
0: What's what's the most you've
1: hacked? <laughs> I um um <laughs> most I, oh I hacked fifty thousand pound off a um, Tibetan warlord. It was great. Oh, that's good.
0: You don't get many warlords in Tibet, but you found I him. I found him. And was now... the only one. Oh, there
1: was one. and I found him. And he had a load of money. So cash, cash back, as Alan Patrick would say.
0: <laughs> Is that what you said? You just said, "Oh, cash back," and then and then he was like trying to type you back again. Where have you gone?
1: You're no, like, you <laughs> don't. That's one of the tricks you learn. You don't ever say cash back because they know it's a scam.
2: What a rookie mistake, I did. Yeah.
0: I've just been shouting abuse uh, uh, at people with my gang from Mumsnet, so, you know, I'm not really into the <laughs> scamming. But that did, uh, well, I'm glad you've been having a good time, but she's already sort of introduced herself. I Natalie Smeaton, how are you? Yeah,
2: sorry about that, Chris. I just yeah, why do you really use really my time now?
1: I'm going to talk all over yours now.
2: Do it. Yeah. I deserve it, Chris.
1: I'm, I forgot what to say now. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Just enjoy your time.
2: Thanks, I'm friends. in the right mood yeah. now. Oh, You are. It.
0: This is this show's gonna be interesting. So Nat, what have you been up to apart from sabotaging Chris? The oh. point of improv, Nat, is yeah. make everyone else look good.
2: No, and oh no. Oh <laughs> right. Oh, I'm saying it wrong. Ah,
0: well, that's all right. There'll be plenty more wrong improv coming up I... in the next half hour or so. I'll be honest, Natalie, I've just spent my helm. week
2: like mostly interrupting Chris anyway. I've just been around his house, been yeah. knocking on have the window. Been...
0: Yeah. Just send, sending emails to people he's hacking mid-email that he's sending. I go, don't do that. Send it to me and I'll send you even more money. Yeah, like, oh.
2: Yeah. I ran in and flushed the loo when he was mid-shit. I've took oh, his tea no. off of him mid-tea. I've, yeah, I've spent the whole week interrupting Chris. It's been great. Oh, no. Mm-hmm.
0: I can see why Chris is in a bad mood. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> uh, we've got someone who will cheer him up. Tom King, are you there?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm here. <laughs>
0: Good. All oh, right. Apparently he won't cheer you up, Chris. Um not judging not judging by his sounds what's up mate?
3: Nothing, nothing. No, everything's good in it, you know what I mean? I've been out gigging, doing lots of uh, you know stuff. I mean, the, the venues are empty and there's no one there and you have to smash a window to get in. But I'm fucking shouting jokes at walls.
0: But you finally got to play the comedy store. Yeah. <laughs> finally got there after I broke in. That's no, good. I suppose that's the way to do it. Yeah, you just go. Well, oh, do you know what? Throughout 2020 and 2021, I played all the big clubs. I played the Brixton Academy.
3: I did, you know, did all of them, mate. It's, it's great, isn't it? You just get in, you get, you get as many stand innovations as you say you got. <laughs> um,
0: Mind you, that was true when they had performers in there, you know, sometimes, well, yeah. uh, according to the uh, comedy CVs of some people that we've met and regretted I mean, I-
3: knowing. Exactly, also often, like, um, even though you had seen them perform and saw they didn't get a standing ovation, they would still tell you they got one in the <laughs> green room.
0: Well, we all know that standing ovations are blink and uh, you'll miss them. You know, they, they rarely last longer than about four nanoseconds. I, ju- I just
1: did so. a laugh like Hannibal out of the eighteen, team and I just realised they had a pen in my mouth and I went, <laughs> <laughs> I should have said I love it when a plan comes together. I swear to God it was just like it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that plan is to break into all the
1: comedy clubs and play in the big room Hey, I'm a hacker now while hacker's in. Enough of
0: this. I was going to say banter, but that's entirely the wrong word.
3: Filler. Filler. It really is. <laughs>
0: Tonight, the show we're going to be playing is a a long-form show uh, that's called Expertise, because being informed is cool, kids. So I've chosen a name and an area of expertise for two of our performers to build a character around, and the remaining player, the host of Expertise, will interview them individually and then hold a roundtable discussion facing uh, bigger issues of the world. And finally, we're going to use questions asked by Real, or in this case, utterly fabricated internet users who have problems and we'll see how the panel would help Uh, all the while i shall sit here with my fingers steepled with a thin smile of satisfaction upon my lips (laughs) so expertise is of course hosted by chris who is uh for the sake of this you are stefan grimoire Mm. and you're the host of expertise nat yes you are famed psychoanalyst Bunty Clearlake.
2: Bunty Clearlake. Yes. Okay, thank you.
0: And, Tom, you are former chef and current food writer Marcus Slog, and that's with two Gs.
3: Marcus Slog. Yes. Uh, former chef and food writer.
0: Current food writer, yes. Right. So a culinary expert and a psychoanalyst. Chris, you as... Stefan are going to interview these two. We're going to find out all about them in whichever order you prefer. Keep in mind, there's only two orders. And uh, once we've interviewed them, after that, uh, we're going to bring them together. But for now, let's
1: just start Expertise. Take it away. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Expertise, the show where I, Stefan Grinoir, interview two experts in their fields. And uh, I don't mean the grassy kind. ha 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 ha. First up this evening, I've got a former chef and writer called Marcus Slog. Marcus, hello. Welcome to Expertise. It's lovely to meet you.
3: All right, Geezer, how's it going like? Yeah, no, I fucking mean. Huh? <laughs> Ooh,
1: thank God we're past the watershed with that kind of language, young man.
3: <laughs> Sorry about that. It's just a nervous tick that I have whenever I'm near sort of people who are obviously more intelligent with me. I'm just good with knives, you know what I mean?
1: Oh, well, let's find out all about you, Marcus. I mean, I have several questions for you this evening to uh, get to know you. That's what expertise is all around. About, sorry. <laughs> around.
3: You fire away, Stephanie, any time you like. You know what I mean? It's Stephan, not Stephanie. Thank oh, you. I apologise. <clears throat> all these, you know, these, these sort of like... You know, slightly uh, foreign names. Do my head in, you know what I mean? I can't get them right. (laughs) 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 Stefan, right. Okay, yeah.
1: Quite, Marcus, I understand. Now, Marcus, you are a former chef. Now, tell us, first of all, where did you used to cook? What establishments did you used to cook in?
3: Well, I started in roadside cafes, right? Mm-hmm. I started in roadside cafes doing sort of traditional English breakfast. And then what happened was I got into cooking for local garages, right? And that is where I got both the Michelin star and a Michelin star for being really good at cooking on tyres. And it was that that kind of got me famous. That's where I got my first TV show, Cooking on Tyres. And, um, you know, what I mean, it was just, it was just a wonderful thing cooking for cooking for all these <laughs> geezers that worked in garages and doing them things that they weren't expecting
1: absolutely indeed now talk us through some of the dishes you were famous for uh cooking on the tires obviously there were some mouth-watering examples weren't there now can you
3: tell us some of the names of those dishes oh yeah i mean one of my favorite dishes and one of the most famous things was chicken exhaust pipe mm. you know um we used to, yes. we used to get a whole chicken <laughs> and shove it down the exhaust pipe of, like, a large rally car. You know, one of these wide bore ones makes a lot of noise, right? Mm. You seal at the end with some duct tape, wang the chicken in there. And uh, the flavours of, you know, if, especially if it's a really good high-octane sort of race fuel, the flavour that that infuses into a chicken. It's like, you know, like beer can chicken, but like exhaust can chicken. Yes. Oh, my God. Fuck me blind. I could fuck that chicken in with my mouth.
1: Indeed. I'm sure we all could after sampling that. Um, now, um, your books that you've been writing. Now, this is about now talk us through what is this this these books you're writing? Are they bio- biographical or are they are they just recipe books or what are they?
3: Well, it's kind of a mixture of the two. It's sort of like a little story that I tell and I drop these recipes in. And I tell sort of like the exploits of going around these garages, racetracks and rally events, cooking food for all these sort of motor types. And um, they, you know, I throw in like, so there'll be a nice little anecdote. But then during the anecdote, like part of the anecdote is, you know, anecdotally giving the recipe out for whatever meal it was that I was cooking, inspired by wherever the event or the place was. So, like, if we were at a garage and say, in, like, Nice in France, right? Yes. Then the the meal would be inspired by (laughs) the local race team, the local sort of you know the race track that we were going on, all the rally course, and I'd i I'd, I'd, I'd infuse all of those things together, and often we'd get a, like a real good story, and we'd get we'd get fucking hammered, things would happen, shit would go wrong, right, and then that's where all of the fun comes from. I've I've cooked a chicken, right. One of the rally drivers has got hammered. He's fucked the chicken. You know what I mean? It's like one of the fame, one of the things, you know, you know what I mean? You've heard about all the chicken fucking and all that. Yes. I'm famous
1: for it. I know you're famous. Now, this is where some of the allegations came in, wasn't it? That um, you were actually uh, taking chickens that weren't, um, how should we say, up for it.
3: Well, look, right, these allegations, some of them are false, right? Mm. People accused me of having battery chickens, mm. but it got the wrong end of the stick. It's just that I used to use car batteries to cook the chickens, right? Not actually battery chickens, yes, right? And there was no battery involved of the chickens. I didn't used to beat the chickens to death, I would kill them with one knife, take their head clean <laughs> off. Well,
1: yes, indeed, indeed. And you do cover that, I believe, in your books, How to Dismantle a
3: Chicken, I believe the correct... That's right, and put it back together using the Haynes manual that I wrote.
1: Absolutely. Well, it's fascinating work, Marcus. I mean, do you have any other goals? Or, I mean, you've done a lot of stuff in your time, by the sound of it. Is there anything else you'd like to accomplish?
3: Well, one thing that I've always really wanted to do, mm. and it sounds... Sounds amazing! Is to is to drive uh, an old London bus yes. across across Mongolia, oh. cooking engine foods for the the people of Mongolia. Well, that sounds
1: good. I mean, I'd watch that. I love those shows where um, people travel around and either take a family member or a lesser known celebrity with them. I love that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's right. I mean, what celebrity would you take with you if you could do that? If you took a celebrity, who would it be?
3: Well, I mean, like, you know, um, uh, Jack White was always, always a positive type for that mm. one of the you know, one of these Canadian types. Yes. Um, although, uh, if it were me, I would take James Corden and uh, and, and 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 make sure he got lost. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking, <laughs> oh, I love him, really, the fat prick.
1: Oh, dear. Well, um, I'm going to move on to our next guest on the on the cordon talk because it's put me right off your your dishes now. Um, I'm going to bring in my next guest, which is um, it's a lovely person. It's um, it's Bunty Clearlake, who's a psychoanalyst. Uh, Bunty! Hiya.
2: Bunty. Hiya, Stefan. How are you doing? Bunty,
1: Bunty, Bunty. Now, we've had previous, haven't we, Bunty?
2: Oh, haven't we (laughs) had previous, haven't we? (laughs) I came to see
1: you, didn't I, Bunty, back in the day, because I was having some thoughts about things and some desires and... you know, and uh, I, I came to see if you could help me out, didn't I? Mm. Um, and you, uh, I, got you, your, uh, I got your I got your analysis on me, and yes. it was quite revealing. Yes. But we're not here to talk about me tonight. We're here to talk about you. Now I want you to tell Aura, all, uh, all our listeners, how you got your start in this field. Come on.
2: Well, believe it or not, and many people don't. I was actually a writer for the Woman's Weekly, oh. and um, they put me onto the agony aunt section, which is always fun. Um, and I thought there's got to be more to these problems than them just being bastards or just really, really narrow-minded. So I began to get my psychoanalyst training. Mm. And as we know from the many times you've been on, Mike, out, <laughs> <laughs> um, we've um, have since progressed to actually being able to psychoanalyse not just people, but celebrities and animals. Oh,
1: right. Lovely, 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 lovely. Um, So let's, well, let's talk about that, shall we? Let's talk about the animals, first of all. I mean, mm. what can you get from an animal?
2: Oh, See, that is a very typical human-centric quote that I get all the time. People assume animals can't emote. Mm. People assume an animal won't have an Oedipus complex. Yeah. People assume animals don't have very dark, deep desires connected to their dreams. Mm. And I'm here to tell you that often they don't. But you do get very, very occasionally a very clever, a very clever cat or donkey um, who wants to reach out spiritually. And then that's where I come in.
1: Mm. And um, what what kind of animals are more susceptible to that, that, would you say, in your experience, obviously?
2: Well, I always find I have to get a susceptible owner first. (laughs) Um, And then then we can go from there. But I've been having a great deal of success with somebody's budgie recently. Oh! Oh, my gosh, yes. Had a lot of um, intense, deep traumas connected with the way that their mother... Um, fed them seed when they were tiny chicks. Oh. Um, yes, all very beak-centric, quite upsetting for the little budgie, unfortunately. Oh dear, oh dear, yeah. uh, and yes, can you yes, help yes.
1: them? Can you help them? How do you deal with this? I mean, is there is there a technique you can use or, you know, what what do you do in that kind of situation? Well,
2: I mean, it's very difficult with budgies, mm. but often I just put them on the lowest dose of Xanax that I can find, yes. and then I prescribe um, the owner... Um, the Xanax as well. And then they're both two-stoned and zoned out to actually be bothered with each other again, which really solves everybody's problems. Um, There's only been one nut I couldn't crack, actually, mm. Stefan, and that was you.
1: <laughs> well, I'm a mixed bag of emotions, feelings oh, and thoughts, as you know, Bante.
2: You're not just a mixed bag of nuts, you're a mixed bag of salty nuts. I think that's why I couldn't crack
1: you. Bunty, stop it, (laughs) you're getting me very excited. I think we'd better have a quick break. (laughs) If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe.
0: Lovely. Well, now we've met our guests, I think the only thing to do is to introduce them to each other. So uh, we're going to have... uh, You're going to be looking at some, uh, some bigger... Issues so um, you're going to be uh, Chris uh, Stefan's going to be asking them about you know what they think are the big problems facing the world, how they can uh, alter these, but it's a very open discussion, so uh, I'd like you to uh, see where that goes if that's all good with you.
1: Wonderful, well, whenever you're ready. And welcome back um, sorry about that I had to take a quick break due to my um, personal issues anyway um, we've got um, we've got Marcus and Bunty with me and um, we're going to we're going to delve in some issues of the day now oh this is an open forum I like to be open on my program so uh, Marcus and Bunty I mean let's talk about things come on
2: well I mean what 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 do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the big thing at the moment. It's, it's all, this, all this lockdown fiasco. I mean, what is going on?
2: Well, I I sh- I should have thought that was pretty obvious, um, actually. But no, you're absolutely right. It has affected people's mental health. Um, there's been an awful lot of problem pets and humans, I think, hmm. since all this started. I must say, um, Marcus, it must have really affected your ability to travel, kill and cook chickens.
3: Well, uh I, I, you you could say that, right? But the, the thing is that you find your way around these, these rules and regulations, you know what I mean? There's like there's just plenty of places that you can go to where you can just still cook for people socially distanced, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I find, right, that if you are out in the countryside, you've got yourself a big rally car set up with which to cook chickens in the exhaust pipe, and the police come along, and they start banging on at you about rules and regulations and all this, right? What you got to do? Cook them a fucking chicken, shove it in their <laughs> face, and those pigs—sorry, those police officers—way well will scoff that chicken up, and they will leave you alone. Especially if you slip a few hundred quid inside the chicken, they'll fuck off quick. You know what I mean? Absolutely,
1: indeed, yes. Now, um, I mean, let's talk. Let's talk about some. Let's talk about politics for a minute. I think. Um, now, what oh. what do we think of all the Brexit issues at the moment? Is that is that affecting your trades?
2: I mean. Well, I mean it hasn't affected my trade because you know i I can just do things in people's living rooms um as mm. as you well know um, blah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but um i have got to say i I voted to leave um and um it's mainly because I don't think I could psychoanalyze anyone from europe um I assume that they've got very different psycho. Um, and um, I would have to analyse it in a foreign language. So um, it hasn't made much difference to mm, me, really. Mm. Um, yes, except for the fact that we do have a lot of pets who can't get passports now, um, and they're feeling very stuck at home and like their their European and human pet rights have been curtailed. Yes, exactly.
1: And
3: um, Marcus, do you have any Well, that wouldn't have been curtailed. Sorry about that. Sorry to interrupt. They wouldn't have been those those pet passports. They wouldn't have been curtailed if people like you hadn't bleeding well voted out. I mean, what was the point of that? I mean, really, really, what was the point of that? Just because you can't be asked to analyse a Frenchman? Oh my God! This is just this is this is what I am. Oh my! You know what, right? The problem, the Brexit problems that it has caused me, right? Because all of my ch- all the chickens that I caught were free range. British chickens, that is fine, nothing wrong with that. You can get chickens anywhere in the UK. You can get them knocking around around the bins in Asda if you look hard enough. But the fucking thing is, is the best exhaust pipes for cooking chickens in happen to be bleeding Renault, and they are French. And now I'm having to pay import and export tax to get those fucking exhaust pipes through the fucking customs. And I tell you what, right? jesus oh uh,
1: well it's a it's good time opposing I, opinions actually um i i'm i'm more on the fence on this subject because i didn't vote at all so um oh one of those yeah. oh. jesus oh,
2: that's even worse. you know what that's worse than being oh. hitler that's Night in worked. my opinion but you know i'm not going mm. to dwell on that but yeah that that's what i think i don't know about you marcus
3: Oh, I, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I, I most certainly am not on the fence about it. If you don't vote, right? You, you can, you can, you can take your bleeding, what what's it's, your foreign <laughs> grimoires or whatever yes. they are, your stephanies, yes. and you can shove them up your. Oh ass. dear.
1: Well, I mean, I love getting this kind of uh, action on the show. This is what it's all about. I love ruffling some feathers up. Now let's. Change the subject completely. Let's talk celebrities, something that you both know about here. Now, what do you make of all these celebs at the moment moaning and groaning about their lot in life? What do you make of this? I mean, you're minor celebrities yourself, if you don't mind me saying.
2: Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I've never been uh, I've never been described as a minor no, exactly. celebrity before.
3: I've um, never been near a minor other than a Morris Minor in my life. No,
2: wait, just a, a Have you cooked anything in a Morris Minor?
3: Oh yeah, yeah. That's a very, very nice dish that you can make in the uh, the back of a wooden paneled Morris Minor. Classic. Very thin exhaust pipe, so you've got to fill it your chicken in a specific way but uh i do find that the, the 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 very specific the old school leaded petrol <laughs> gives a, a certain creates a delicious z-
2: Ooh. Can, can i can i just say um, as a psychoanalyst you do seem to have quite a lot of fixation on an exhaust mm. pipe um is this some sort of a sexual no, fixation Come on. and are you, yes, we are getting it, yes, is this a sexual obsession? Are you um is the exhaust pipe really um a standing for your penis?
3: No, not at all. um, my penis is my penis, and the exhaust pipe, if anything, is a standing for a lady's vagina,
2: right, that yes. makes a lot of sense. your mother's vagina,
3: no, not my mother's, don't be fucking mad. What are you talking about with this feminist claptrap mo- bloody way, Fro- I mean,
2: Freud, Freud himself would have said that. That's yeah, not well,
3: from me. Freud, God, Freud can fuck off, right? The thing is, right, the, the only vagina <laughs> I'm thinking about is one that I want to have lovely, conceptual sex with.
2: A chicken's vagina.
3: No, they've got cloacas. They don't have vaginas. <laughs> Come on now, fuck's sake. Well, he
1: certainly knows his uh, <laughs> onions and his chickens. Um, I think, I yes. think we're going to go to another break, you know.
3: Oh, we go. oh lovely. If you're enjoying the show, please share on social media
0: So in this next section, what's going to happen is uh, I have sent Chris some questions to give to Stefan, wink, wink A readers, and Stefan's going to put the these uh, agony art style questions to our panel of two to Buncy and Marcus, and they're going to offer their particular view on how to assist these people with these problems so whenever you're ready if you'd like to uh kick off the agony art section thank you
1: hello there welcome back i'm stephen grinoir this is expertise now with me as we know already is marcus and bunty now marcus bunty we've got our next section which is it's the agony art section we're going to take some questions that i've uh, been sent in and we're going to see if you can answer these little beauties for us is that okay Oh yes! Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, excellent, lovely, lovely, lovely. Right then, the first question I have here it's uh, goes like this: My best friend always seems to have more luck with the ladies. His chat is dull. He's got no style, but they seem to be hanging off him. What can I do? This is, you know, I mean, you can both answer this in your own time. Whoever's well, first. Should we get Marcus? Let's start with you. What do you, what do you have to say about that one?
3: Well, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's 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 the classic thing, isn't it? You know, things happen, and um, you know, you what what can you what can you really say about that that hasn't already been said?
2: How big is his willy?
1: Oh well, he's not really written. Uh, how big?
2: Because. I mean, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how dull you are. If he's got it down where it counts, then they're going to keep hanging off him quite literally, aren't they? That's all I've got to say about that. Mm. Either he needs to get himself some surgery or he needs to get himself a new friend or murder his friend. That's the only way I can see it.
1: Yes, because he does say his chat is dull, he's got no style, so it must be something, mustn't it? I mean, it doesn't say how he looks, though. It doesn't say how he might be the most gorgeous-looking person you've ever met in your life.
2: That is very true. Mm. That That is very true. And I didn't think of that. And now I feel terrible. And it's probably a reflection on my own um, psychology that I immediately went to how big his package was.
1: Exactly. Because it's pure filth with you, Bunty, isn't it, every time? <laughs>
2: it is, isn't it?
1: <laughs> Marcus, what do you think about big packages?
3: Well... <sighs> Just come in all different sizes, but the bigger <laughs> ones are the best. Although I do sometimes find that if you order something from Amazon, you get a big package and inside it is a very tiny thing and a lot of extra, a lot of unnecessary filling.
2: That ah. sounds like quite a lot of men I know. <laughs> sounds like the <this>
1: shoe.
2: <laughs> anyway, oh, let's keep uh, going
1: with these questions. We've got another one here. My husband. What
3: was the fee? Sorry. Sorry, I was just talking. I was no, nothing. <laughs> I was just asking what the fee was. The fee for the show, Marcus.
1: (laughs) Oh, did your people not speak to you?
3: They, um... Well, they they did mention that there was a remuneration. it doesn't matter about that, it's fine. We'll We'll, talk about that later.
1: You get two plugs of your book, Marcus. Um, That's it. Sorry. Anyway, let's move on. Um, My husband is desperate to travel to Malaysia, but I can't bear the thought of it. How can I convince him to go to Tenerife instead? Hmm. Again... That's uh, a
2: very unusual one. Yes, it is. My husband is
1: desperate to travel to Malaysia, but I can't bear the thought of... It's like a game show. I'm repeating the
2: question. It is, isn't it? Blankety blank. Yes.
1: How can I convince him? So how would you convince somebody to go somewhere else, is the question, really, isn't it?
2: Oh, that's that's tricky that. Well, first of all, they shouldn't be travelling anywhere, the little cheeky monkeys at the moment, should they? That's very naughty. That's true. That I is very know. true.
1: But um I guess maybe it's a hypothetical. Um mm. if, if maybe he's planning to go there and as soon as lockdown's over, he's away to Malaysia. But um I mean how would you how would you, Bunty, how would you say, Don't go there. We're I... not going. How would you how would you deal with it?
2: what i would do is i would set up some sort of a psychological warfare campaign Mm. where i left cuttings around the house from newspapers where terrible terrible things had happened in malaysia i would go to the point where i made that up as well and i would hire actors to meet him in pubs and tell him what an awful time they'd had there um and then i would you know like Darren, brown that lovely man Darren brown who is definitely a witch yes and i would do things like that to him so um i would then get attack him dressed as a malaysian and i would probably um if he still didn't crack um i i would just put him in the back garden and surround him um with people screaming at him that malaysia is bad and eventually psychologically he would crack
1: my god bunty <laughs> i don't want to get on the wrong <laughs> side of you
2: <laughs> well, yeah. Fucking
3: hell, Bunter! You're mad. You should be locked up, you deaf cow. <laughs> fucking hell! Like, what, what are you trying to do to people here? Like, literally, this woman, right? She should listen to what she's saying, right? She's trying to stop her. She's trying. Her husband wants to fucking spread his wings and go somewhere that's an amazing place. Some, oh, some of the chicken dishes they do in Malaysia are mm. absolutely. Fucking cracking, right? And you're trying to get him to go a bleeding bore in Spain where you go every year. bleeding now. You should, you should, you should listen to what you're saying, love. bloody well, go to Malaysia with your husband. I guarantee you that he's going for the chicken and not the fucking saucy cheap sex. Right. Well, I'm
2: sensing a lot of hostility from mm. Max. I mean, well, you, what, some of the things
3: you were saying were quite unutterly bonkers. Mm. But it but it would have madness.
1: stopped him, it would have stopped him going, Marcus, wouldn't it? Well,
3: it that's, would have stopped him going, but it would also up. psychologically scar him for life. I mean, that's that's worse than bleeding gaslighting that. True. But I've used that.
1: Yes, maybe a bit too far, Bunty, there. Maybe uh, pump the brakes a little bit on that one. Um let's uh, <laughs> let's have another question. We've got one more here. Um, my mother is too involved in my life. Oh, here we go. She even wants to tell me how to dress and what to eat. I've had a, I've had about enough. Is nine months too young to divorce a parent? Dad is fine, by the way.
3: Well, oh, nine, nine month old, isn't it? Blade hell. Mm. I mean, like you know, it's, what we're talking about here, Mensa Junior, <laughs> little bastard. <Boston laughs> sounds like a right fucking up his own arse. Mm. Do what your mother says, you little prick.
1: Oh, strong words again from Marcus there. Anything from you,
2: Bunty? Yes, it, it, it was strong words. I mean, what I would do in, in their position is probably change my identity and move to a different area of the country.
3: How's he going to get a, a nine months old? How's he going to change his identity? You can't legally sign a document for changing your name and getting a new driving licence at nine months well, old. I
2: didn't. I mean, he's managed to, to electronically write a, an email to our friend Stefan yes. um, with this question, so I'm assuming he's quite clever.
3: You're a nutcase. You seriously think a nine-month-old has written this? This is fucking mental. I think what th- kind of programme have I come on here?
1: I think you might be right, Marcus. We might have had our first internet troll on the programme. Well, oh, is- no. Mm. I mean, if people aren't going to respect my programme and the guests who I have on, then there's another thing coming in the society, isn't there, really? It's disgusting.
3: This is exactly the kind of bleeding, you know, you know, nonsense that I expect from ITV. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's very true. It's very true. Um, the next question is, how would you deal with an internet troll? I'm going to throw that one in for the mix. Come on. Oh,
2: Oh, that's quite a. That's, I mean, kill them. Obviously, that's my immediate response to any internet troll. To the point where I will find their. I, is it an IP you address? An IUP? Address? You know, one of those. Um, trace them to their place of abode and stop them from ever trolling me again. Good,
1: Bunty. nice one, Marcus. So same I've, question. I've,
3: I've got to say that, that that on this in this situation, I'm in, I'm in agreement with Bunty. I mean, I would I would pay. I've got a lot of money, right, and I would use mm. some of that money to pay one of these young computer hacker types mm. to work out <laughs> where this troll bastard is. And go around <laughs> and set their ass on fire.
1: Fantastic. Well, um, I think that's all the questions we got time for. Um, let's do something else. If you're enjoying the show, please
2: leave a review. We've
0: come to the final section, which is just the plugging and the goodbyes. Uh, so... Stefan is going to uh, ask Bunty and Marcus to plug their latest uh, offerings, be that a book, a TV show, a website, whatever it is. And then they're going to say goodbye. So let's hear what they have to offer. Take it away.
1: Hello. Welcome back. It's just time to uh, wrap up the show for the evening. Um Let's start with you, Marcus. Marcus, my friend, this is this is what you signed up for when you came on my show. Now the floor is yours to tell us about your latest book, I believe you're you're plugging this evening.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, as you know, as we've spoken about tonight, and as you've seen on my various TV programmes and things like that, and newspaper articles in my writings, they mm. are, are, are mainly sort of cook with uh, fowl, with chicken and sometimes turkey, often a pheasant, but what I've done is I've branched out, I've diversified and I've started cooking lamb with uh, tractors.
1: (laughs) Lamb with tractors, that is a big jump, isn't it?
3: Lamb in tractor engines and it's uh, tractor exhaust pipes, a whole different, your red diesel that you get on farms the the stuff that you can only use in farms, that uh, you know, agricultural fuel, it gives out the most wonderful flavour to those little lambs. And uh, I must say that I've cried several times whilst eating my own dishes. That's beautiful, Max. It really is. Now, have you got any
1: quick tips before you go uh, for any uh, amateurs out there who want to follow in your footsteps?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, you can't go wrong. If you can't get hold of a tractor, I mean, a John Deere tractor is a very expensive piece of farm machinery, especially the most uh, up-to-date models. They've got all kinds of GPS technology on them, and and often the price is upwards of £250,000. But you can buy, relatively cheaply, small ride-on lawn mowers for your garden, and they've got beautiful, beautiful little two-stroke engines, and you can get, some delicious food cooked in the exhaust pipe of one of those you start small with a little quail or um, you know something like that perhaps a, a, a wood pigeon or a dove yes. or or even if, you know, you you go for the more experimental meats, some of the, uh, you know, a flamingo or something like that, you can get some delicious, delicious dishes out of one of those. So if you're going to start, start with one of those, or anything that's got a small petrol boat or a chainsaw or whatever.
1: Right, start small, work your way up. Lovely, Marcus. Well, thank you for joining me. I'll say my goodbyes now, and uh, we're going to go straight to Bunty. We can do a big goodbye.
3: Thank you very fucking much. (laughs) Lovely,
1: lovely. Lovely, Marcus. Now then, Bunty. What have you you, yeah. my friend, what have you got coming out for us that you'd like to tell us about before we end the programme this evening?
2: Oh, it's my first book. I'm very oh. excited about it. It's called and this is all a little in-joke for you psychoanalysts out there. It's called Young Hearts, Freud Free.
1: I'm sure the psychoanalysts out there will be yeah, they will be wetting it. their pants yes, on that one. They'll <laughs> <get it. laughs> yes.
2: Yes, yes, yeah. they'll get it, yeah. It's all about understanding inappropriate relationships in the modern world and why everything's your mum's fault.
1: Indeed, indeed. And uh, can you give us a little sample or do we have to
2: buy it? (laughs) Oh, you can buy it. I am not giving away free samples.
1: Oh, my word. Well, you did the other night, Bunty.
2: Well, <laughs> that was between me and you, Stephen.
1: <laughs> I know, Bunty, I know. I'm a wicked, wicked man. Oh, OK, not now involved. then, um, I think we... Well, Bunty, thank you for being my guest. And uh, oh, my we'll goodness. all say our goodbyes. Marcus, are you still with us? I think he's gone. Has he gone out of the exit?
3: No, I'm still he here. Did. I'm still, oh, here. still
1: here. Come back, Marcus, and say goodbye with us all. Well, that's the end of expertise for tonight. Um, from myself, Stephen Grinoir, um, Marcus Slog, and obviously bunty clear lake the lovely bunty um it's good night from all of us thank you and good night
0: thanks for listening to the show please tune in next time for another completely made up show with a brand new host and our fine selection of performers bye for now thank you for listening to the discount comedy checkout improv show you can find us on social media at comedy checkout and at www.comedycheckout.com If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe for more. Share the podcast on social media and leave us a nice comment or review. This
3: podcast was produced by Eddie French.